Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Yes, indeed. Two guys at a mic fell asleep last night at about the uh, 12th inning. Didn't quite make the end of the White Sox game, I should say. One guy at a mic. We'll find out, hopefully, a little bit if the big dog was able to stay up for that uh, semi-thrilling finish. White Sox win in 14. We had uh, at least three walk-off base hits, walk-off homers to win games yesterday. Exciting day of baseball. We'll recap a little bit of college football, NFL exhibition games. Number two coming up this weekend. We'll jump off the sports page as well. Welcome, everybody. Two guys at a mic show. TalkZone.com. And, of course, part of the joy, part of the uh, espionage of this particular program is the outstanding music that we play. Enjoy for the next 8.4 seconds. Yes, indeed. Speaking of enjoying music, and uh, I'm going to forget some of the songs, uh, but I did hear a group last night in a little local outdoor community uh, festival, and any time a band is playing in an outdoor local community festival, you know the best times of their careers are probably over. But this group was called Chicago Transit Authority, and basically they were playing the music of Chicago. Outstanding. I forgot how many good songs, good summer music that the group Chicago played, sitting outside, beautiful summer night. Got the old lawn chair going, the breeze blowing in the face, and listen to a little Chicago music as the day goes from uh, sundown to darkness. A beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. I highly encourage everybody out there. You don't have to go to these super big concerts and pay 200 hours for admission for the league group. There are plenty. Of quality bands out there, quality music you can enjoy. Yesterday's price for showing up to uh, Glenview's little street festival, if you will, zero. Goose eggs. Freebie. Chicago Transit Authority. Check them out if you can. Outstanding. And, I, you know, I'm going to forget a lot of the song, but I forgot David Olson, musical director. How many good tunes, good summer-sounding tunes that the group Chicago played? There was some. I can't even pick out the titles now, but, I mean, there must have been 10 or 12 of them. Last night. Yes, sir. Chicago has a cult following that is worldwide. Mm-hmm. They are a huge band. Sometimes I think we lose track. You're like, oh, we know them here in Chicago because their name's Chicago. Yes. Well, uh, Coach, they have, like, legendary epic hits. And I'm trying to think of the uh, 290624. Are you yep. kidding me? Yep. That one, everybody can sing that song. Yeah, and I was surprised. There were like 10 or 12 of them, uh, 10 or 12 songs probably over the course of the evening that I recognized. I, you know, oh, yeah, that was Chicago. But like, oh, I haven't heard that in a long time. I just forgot that they were all connected to uh, what you said, apparently a worldwide cult, the group Chicago, huh? Yeah, they they really have like a, they have a cult following, Coach. Mm-hmm. If they actually played in Chicago, they would be able to sell out Soldier Field, I bet you. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. They sell Soldier Field. But I even prefaced the conversation, Big Dog, by saying talk a little music here. We'll get into the sports in just a second. We welcome in uh, my good partner checking in from his via uh, via his telecommunicative phone lines out in beautiful, beautiful Aurora, Illinois. Joel, the Big Dog, or Radwanski joining me. Big Dog, my initial thesis was that I think people, 
I'm going to make the comparison to athletes in high school who have this vision that they have to play Division One, and that they forget and their parents forget that that you know there are so many great opportunities where you can play, get a great education, play competitive, competitive sport at the Division Three level. It's the same thing with rock groups. I think we all look at the big, you know, where you got to pay a couple hundred bucks, go to the big stadium, listen to the top line group. There are a lot of wonderful music groups out there that you can go to for free and listen to in a lot of community festivals. Yeah, I... I, I... Couldn't agree with you more, Coach. Uh, there's a lot of bands that are like underneath the radar that yep. are some of the best shows in America. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of a, a band called Cowboy Mouth? No. Coach, one of the that's one of the greatest. What was it bands. called? Cowboy Mouth. Cowboy Mouth. I think I saw the movie once, but uh, we we best not talk about that one on uh, Family Radio. Was that a, was that a sequel to that uh, the Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger film? <laughs> Simple answer: No. Oh no, broke Mac Mountain. By the way, <laughs> I, I believe that was the name of that movie. Okay, but that, so, that's uh, that's an example of a group you saw that had you heard about them before, or you just well, oh yes, yes, I did hear about them before. Uh-huh. Now I was dragged to the place, didn't know any of their songs. By the end of it, I mean, the the lead singer refuses to let anybody go there and not have a blast and mm-hmm. have a good time. See, I this like guy that. is the most high energy guy I've ever seen in my life. By the end of the night, you're singing every one of the songs, mm-hmm. okay? And that's just that's just how a Cowboy Mouth show is. And it's like nobody knows about them. They sell like uh, they probably sold like fifty thousand albums total mm-hmm. ever, and yet they go to all these little shows and they have like they're sold out three thousand people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and you, they don't, you don't have to pay it. to get in. How much? Ten bucks? Like ten bucks yeah, to get so in, and they, they travel around the world mm-hmm. and everybody everywhere they go. Like my brother heard of them because he was. They were like the house band for the uh, the U.S. Open Tennis Championship in New York in mm-hmm. September. So my brother's out there, one of his best friends who worked for Wilson. And Cowboy Mouse was like the band playing there. And like so, my brother's cracked up. Like Pete Sampras is singing at the top of his lungs, dancing around, acting like a fool. Because <laughs> that's what the, that's what, like, the lead singer was just that crazy that he got everybody. He said, he said, just saw a bunch of celebrities acting like idiots and they thoroughly loved it mm-hmm. so you're, you're right coach you knew a cowboy mouth nobody nobody there knew who this band was that yep. they rocked the place yep i love that philosophy you just i've never quite heard it put that way but that was beautiful i'd like to re recreate or revisit that term you just used and i would preface it by saying uh, not just musical group but anybody in the service business this would be a great philosophy for you to have and i believe your description was they refuse to let you leave Without having a great time. Uh-huh, yeah. See, I love that concept. Uh-huh. I, if more people had that, it's a mentality I'm talking about, not just the words. But if more people in the service industry, big dog, be it a restaurant, be it an airlines, be it a movie, be it a rock group, sports team, if they had that mentality, we refuse to let you leave without you having just a outstanding time, we'd all be the better for it. I love that philosophy. Well, just to let you know, Coach, I'm doing two tours today, and, and I, I lead the tours. And that's basically my whole philosophy yeah. meeting these people on the tour. So. Mm-hmm. I like that. I uh, appreciate it. I'm glad you like my philosophy. Yeah. Uh, I like all your philosophies, Big Doe. A couple of groups I heard uh, last week. I already got Cowboy Mouth written down. Uh, do they come in the Chicago area, by the oh, way? Oh, yeah, Coach. They do. And all i got to say is wear comfortable shoes. <laughs> okay. People are going to be damn. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like uh-huh. it is unlike any show you will ever see in your entire life. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I think I had mentioned to you where I saw three last week. Again, 
for free. I mean, it cost me nine bucks to get into the Wisconsin State Fair, but zero to go around from stage to stage. And uh, there were three groups there. Outsta- I mean, I enjoyed them as much as some of the best groups that I've ever heard. Rebel Scare, Six Pack, and your favorite big dog. I guarantee you'd love these guys, John Stone and the Wanted Men. Yeah, yeah, you you you, had, you brought up that name before. Yep. I definitely got to check those guys out. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. coach, I, one of the best bands that I had ever seen in my life ever, totally free. I'm down at the Final Four in '05, about ready to watch Illinois put a thumping on Louisville. Okay, was this the, like the the Final Five in '04 or the Final Four in '05? The Final Four in '05. Okay, and, I was uh, I was at the Final Five in '04, but go on. Now it's in St. Louis, and everybody knows like the Riverwalk area. Yes, and. uh Disappointingly, a couple of my friends that I was hoping could have meet down there could not meet me down there, and especially that early. So I'm basically down there to watch my line by myself. Mm-hmm. It was just fine with me, but I, I ended up just sitting on this hill, and at the bottom of the hill, they at the place where you have the band right in between the buildings. If you've been to the Riverwalk, coach, yep. have you seen music down there? Yeah, actually, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I went to NCAA tournament there about a year and a half ago. It's like the McLeod's Landing area. Yeah, and yep. they have like this one stage that is in between all the buildings, like in this downtown park. It's a really strange yep. place to have a stage. But, and then there's a huge hill that you can just sit on. And I saw a band called The Wild Stallion. And I, I gotta be quite honest with you, coach. They came out and I'm like, look at these jokers. They were all <laughs> in different colored, like 1970 tuxedo outfits. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and the, the lead singer looked exactly like Johnny Knoxville. And I gotta tell you something, Coach. About an hour later, I, I did not want them to get off the stage. It was <laughs> there was people sitting uh-huh. there like picking their nose in the park, having lunch for uh, for uh, like you know at work. And then by the end of it, there was a thousand people jumping up and down, having a blast. Uh-huh. That, was, that was one of the best transformations I had ever seen in the park. <laughs> so, Another lesson for all the young kids out there musically: don't judge just by the outfits and the look that they have when they come out on stage. <laughs> The Wild um, Stallions, huh? I gotta tell you, where I was sitting that day, like up like on like this concrete ledge, okay, and I had a little lunch with me, a couple other things. It was I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that scene. I really wish I could have filmed it. What mm-hmm. and that was like one way you could like if you could forward time, like quick time it and show it in like thirty seconds, it would have been pretty mm-hmm. funny. You know, David, if people weren't carefully listening to what me and Big Dog are talking about and just catching some of the names. John Stone and the Wanted Men Cowboy Mouth, Wild Stallions, uh, Six Pack. They might think that we're talking about a different subject. Exactly. I've, I've got another one to add to the list. Super Diamond. Haven't heard of them. They're the world's greatest Neil Diamond cover band. Uh. And the, the guy, the, the lead singer, <laughs> yeah. the lead singer, slightly overweight, you know, just kind of a kind of a schmo looking guy sounds exactly like Neil Diamond. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to tell you, Big Dog, but Neil Diamond. I know it's not not like you know cool to like Neil Diamond. His music. He's one. He's one of America's greatest songwriters. He really is. There's some, he is. got some great songs. It's not that it's not cool that you're you're crazy. I can't tell you how many times people will put on at four o'clock in the morning. Like four Neil Diamond songs in a row, <laughs> and a whole entire bar will just go up and sing every uh-huh. single song. I'm like, right. it happens. Uh, little. I have to admit, too frequently for me, considering that I see it happen at least once a month. So <laughs> probably I shouldn't be out that often. Little Kentucky so, woman, little crack on rose. So super diamond. Do they come? 
In the Chicago area? Oh, yeah, all the time. They do. All the time, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've, check I've, them seen them, I've seen them like four or five times because they just put on a great show, okay. and it's so much fun. And, and you don't have to spend 70 bucks to go watch them, probably. No, 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 no. I've seen them at the House of Blues, and it's usually like a $15 show. Nice. Nice. All right. See, this is I'm, – I'm taking notes, big dog. For me, this is an informational – got all these groups written down. Wild Stallions, Cowboy Mouth, Cowboy Mouth, and Super Diamond. Very good. I don't think you're going to see Wild Stallions, by the way, Coach. Uh, some tells me they didn't have long to go as a group. <laughs> they might have lost a couple members between the final four and 05. Yeah, they, I have to admit, after <laughs> after listening to these guys, and they put on one heck of a performance, uh-huh. they might have uh, off the stage issues just just from some of the stuff they said and did while they were while, while they were on stage. So okay. that, that one, you so. better you might want to get to that real quick if, okay. if they're still around. Okay, very so. good. All right, big dog, great to talk to you. Always fun talking music. We jump off the sports page early and often on this particular program. By the way, any of our listeners out there. You got a, a good group that is not world-renowned that we might not know about, that might not cost a couple hundred bucks to go watch. Feel free to uh, give us a call and uh, help us uh, inform us as well as our listeners. We'd love to hear about some new groups, new bands, new singers out there. 888-463-6748, dog I open up the show by saying uh, this portion of the two guys in a mic show, this one guy in one mic was not able to make the 14th inning of yesterday's White Sox victory. I lasted to about the 11th inning, but uh, I'm hoping possibly, possibly you caught the Juan Pierre base hit to win the game. Uh, no, I did not see it. And typically, I stay up all the way until the last baseball game. I, I'm, a, I'm a baseball junkie coach. If baseball is on television, I'm going to watch it. And for some reason, the, the Sox were the only game on, and I switched over and just checked the guide and saw Young Guns was coming on, the movie that came out like 1990 with yep. Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, Kiefer mm-hmm. Sutherland, yep. that one. And uh, for some reason, I always wanted I've never seen it. I wanted to watch it, so I started watching it. And I, I got to tell you something, I fell asleep, but I got to find out how that movie ends. So mm-hmm. that, that's what I do in my night. No, I did not see Pierre. Okay. Well, the White Sox, we do know, uh, did win the ball game in 14 innings. Big win for them. They finally make it over 500, big dog, 61 and 60. Uh, I think the last time was what, mid-April? That sounds about right. Yeah. It, it, it might have been three and two. Yeah. the record. I'm not kidding you. It has been a long time since they've been above 500. So that was a big win to get over the hump. I know they had opportunities. I'm watching. Like, in the, you know, the eighth inning, they score. Sergio Santos, for the first time in a long time, cannot close the game out. They give up a run. They had opportunities in the bottom of the ninth, bottom of the tenth. Gordon Beckham with a particularly horrific at bat with the winning run on third base. But I heard Beckham got the double and scored the run to uh, win the game in the 14th. So he made up for it. Juan Pierre is uh, having a heck of a set, uh, hell of a second half of the season, Big Dog. Now, did he hit a home run yesterday? Juan Pierre got a base hit to win the game. Yeah, and he, did he hit a home run also? I have to check that out. Yeah, I, th- he's, yeah, I think he hit a home run yesterday, too. If it wasn't there, it was the day before. So That doesn't yeah, happen whenever, very often. Yeah, whenever you get a home run out of Juan Pierre, you must want to remind him when he gets back to the dugout, hey, man, you know, you don't hit those very often. Keep on hitting the ball on the ground. So don't even bother with yep. that anymore. You are correct. Juan Pierre off uh, Jimenez, the pitcher, his second home run of the year. It was a power display for yeah. Big JP. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. And the, the Gordon at bat. Oh, the Gordon back in my bat. Did you listen to Hawk Harrelson during it? Him <laughs> and Steve Stone yeah. had to, like, bite their tongue. Because all he has, the pitches he swung at, yep. oh, my goodness. Unhittable. Bro. Yeah, that was bad. Unhittable. Was really bad. I felt like I was watching the ghost of Shawan Dunstan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, 
very rarely do you hear Hawks get critical of players, especially young ones. And that's that was about as, as, as the most critical I've, I've heard of him on Gordon Beckham. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was like, okay, it's, it's 11 o'clock at night and the children have gone to bed. So now <laughs> we only have like the, yeah. the guys who are diehard baseball fans up yeah. and I can't lie to them. I mean, that's the only way I can think. I so. think more more likely it was, uh, it's been a long season, 121 games. Hawks been announcing baseball for a lot of years and he enjoys it, but. You know, get the game over with. I don't need to go 14 innings. I think he was just PO'd at, uh, at Beckham for not, <laughs> not finishing the game. And damn it, I got to announce another inning or two. <laughs> you know, coach, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Actually. He, uh, he and Stone, I don't know how much, and I'm going to make this opinion and I'm going to preface it by saying I haven't listened enough to make a great judgment, but the little bit I've heard him this year, Hawk and Stone, it's an odd combo. And at times, and I've said this before, Hawk Harrelson just shuts down. And it's getting it's it's like Ronnie Santo, where it was kind of funny at first, but it's getting more awkward as it goes. And then Steve Stone has moments where he completely shuts down as well. And it, you know, the two of them are both professional big dog, but I don't get the feeling there is great karma, great chemistry between the two. No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. So uh, I do think there's a mutual respect, though. Yes, I would agree. That they they respect each other's opinion and stuff, but. Uh... They butt heads, but I, I got to, no matter, I think what Harrelson is upset about is the fact that he can't be so blatantly homerish because when he is, Stone calls him out on it. I uh, see, I like that. That's why, that's where I truly believe mm-hmm. the tension stems from. Okay, because like, because he could, Harrelson could say whatever he wants when Darren Jackson was in the booth. Yep. He basically, he's, Darren, shut up. You suck as a player. I mean, let's be honest. Harrelson uh, is extremely terse. Okay, he and he would he basically told Pachorik, like my opinion's better than yours because I was a better ball player. He, there was always that tension in the like in with when you had those two broadcasters. Now that he's with Stone, he, Stone was better than him, and Stone could get him out at will. I'm sure if if they ever did face each other, and I don't think they would have because mm-hmm. Stone was with the Giants and then the Cubs, and Harrelson was always in the in the American League. Yeah. With, the, with the Red Sox and Indians, so interesting. You, yeah, I'm sure you've heard a, a lot more than I have. Uh, I, ha- I have, coach, and, the... and sometimes they're they're seamless and they they really get along. Uh-huh. Okay, and it's always when the Sox are doing well, and then all of a sudden, if anything goes bad with the White Sox, and and Stone just starts commentating and be the color analyst, all of a sudden, uh, you're, you're exactly right, and that's when they start they start shutting down. Mm-hmm. And as you're, as you, I mean, you really have nailed it, coach, because it always seems like you watch the White Sox when they play poorly. To be honest, if you come back, oh yeah, watch the game and they and they blew it. So you probably have seen a lot more of the tension. It, mm-hmm. Trust me, when they're up eleven two and they can joke around about, hey, let's just look for a fastball and try to hit one out of the park and all that stuff. Then they're getting around. They get along great. So. Interesting. Well, I like I like the fact that I haven't heard enough of that, but I do like the fact uh, that you're saying Steve Stone is is trying to temper, shall we say, as nicely as I could put the homerism of Kenny Hawk Harrelson because I don't mind a homer big deal. I mean, Len Casper for the Cubs, I enjoy him. He's a homer, but he does it to me in an unobtrusive way. Kenny Hawk Harrelson just makes no, doesn't even try to hide the fact. I mean, no, no, no. here's here. I I have no problem if a guy blatantly roots for the team. I have a problem when they start complaining about umpires and acting like you're yes. getting cheated yep. and all that other stuff. Blatantly root for the White Sox, cheer them on, but don't lie to us and act yes. like oh that like. 
Uh, that, that just cracks me up. Mm-hmm. And Remember, can't in, do in, that anymore. in basketball, Johnny Red Kerr was like that, particularly his last four or five years. Yeah, I oh mean, my goodness. Every cause Stacey King's got a little bit of Johnny Red in it as far as his homerism with officials, but it was getting really bad at the tail end of Johnny Red's career. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a little tiny bit is, uh, I don't like it either, but it, it's acceptable. The way Harrelson used to do it was just ridiculous. It's, it was embarrassing. I'd be like, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, you were a major league ball player. You should realize that things like this happen in baseball yep. and deal with it. Yep. And then also so, his lack of, uh, I don't know if excitement is the right word, but drama in calling a big play, maybe a game-winning play, you know, for the them. for the other yeah. two. You know, bases loaded. There's the pitch from Santos. Drive in a right field. Double. Game over. We'll be back with the tenth. We'll be back with the tenth inning show. I mean, come on, you know, it got du- doubles in three runs. They win the game. You don't have to be yelling and screaming, but it is a sports contest. You got to give us a little bit of effort there, and not just uh, completely shut down on behalf of the other team. At any rate, that's enough analysis you of know, White Sox. I think, though, uh, sadly, Coach, it's uh, become part of his stick. That's never going to change. Okay, mm-hmm. that's never changing. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. that's part of his. People think he belongs in the Hall of Fame because he's done uh, his radio call or his his basically how he calls the game is so unique and different that uh, people have said he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't particularly agree with that at all, but just let you know he's never going to change the way he calls the game because he's always going to be totally just like you said emotionless when the other team does something big. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, at any rate, White Sox win the ball game. They score the run in the 14th inning. By the way, uh, uh, emailer Dr. Hack in the Bush. Dr. Hack in the Bush informing us to get guys, did you know the game went five hours and 21 minutes? Big dog. No wonder the two of us fell asleep. Who can stay awake for five hours and 21 minutes? Yeah. And, and you know, it was a real important game for the White Sox and the Indians. And somehow, I mean, when I was watching it, the best way I can tell you is I'm glad that you you're we're talking about this game because the only comment I said I was going to stay on the show was these two teams didn't really want to win the game. That's what it seemed like. Don't, yeah, it was not was so many bad at bats by the Indians. Yeah. You know, we brought up Beckham and Rios had some bad at bats. The Indians had a bunch too. Drupal Cabrera, mm-hmm. who was their stud, had a bunch of bad at bats late. Yeah. So Shin Chu Chu put on a graphic Field display of how not how not to play right field. Shinshu may have played. Okay, now that guy, they were talking about the fact that he's, like, this year they're like, he's going to hit 300, 25 homers, 25 stolen bases, and he plays gold glove caliber right field. Well, obviously he's had the worst season of his entire career, and Mm -hmm. yesterday may have been one of the, he looked like Sammy Sosa, the left-handed version. (laughs) That was a bad coach. Oh, goodness. It didn't look like Shinshu. Maybe it was his brother, who I think his name is Mi Pupu. That's what it looked like out in right field. So uh, we gain a game on Cleveland, big win, three-game series. They go back at it today. Mark Burley going up against your guy, Fausto Carmona. Detroit Tigers held serve, though, big dog. They beat uh, the Twins 7-1. to one. Justin Verlander, by the way, is 18th win of the year. So the Tigers stay four up on your beloved Sox. Coach, just that's the thing. Whenever the, now the White Sox have to, let's, let's face it, they can't school board watch. They have to uh, beat the Indians two games in a row, but... All the guys know is that obviously they read the paper. When they see Verlander's name yep. playing another team, I would assume they're playing the White Sox. They can't take this way. But just accept the fact that the Tigers have won that day. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you're chasing them, one out of every five days the Tigers win. 
it's a guarantee, basically, this season. that He's the Cy Young Award winner, I'll show you what says, mm. even more so than Jared Weaver or C.C. Sabathia. Yeah, well, I'm not ready to name that just yet. There are some... Con- you, so you're right. You're right. There's a lot of season left. Yeah. But as of right now, I, I say he's definitively, for me, the number one uh, well, Cy Young so I, would, I would disagree with you. I'd say he probably is in the slight lead. I wouldn't go definitively. Not the way Jared Weaver has pitched. Uh, you mentioned C.C. Sabathia. There's a couple other guys we're forgetting that, too. Who well, else is in the... Well, well, to be honest with you, Coach, those are the three that are, are, are truly, truly in the race for it. Now, there's a bunch of other guys that have had great years that are falling off suddenly, you know, mm-hmm. like the Ogandos and the Pinedas, all those guys that early were just looking completely dominant in mm-hmm. the American League. So it, it is those three, and all three of them are in a pennant race. So if Jared Weaver can somehow put the Angels on his back and have them pass the Rangers... You're right, he'll end up with the Cy Young. So. Mm-hmm. Speaking of those uh, two teams, a big three-game, I think it's a three-game series uh, matchup, Texas and Anaheim, who've uh, really had a nice little mono-versus-mono battle the last couple of months. But Texas starting to stretch it out a little bit, big deal, threatening to make it a one-team race. The Rangers knock off the Angels yesterday, 7-3. to three. Big win for them. They got uh, a couple of RBIs from Mitch Moreland. Is that Keith Moreland's son, by the way? No, no, the, okay. no relation there. Okay. So, uh... But Derek Holland, this kid, where are the Rangers? You know, Nolan Ryan got their coach. And what he said was, we're going to build pitching here. We're not going to have to trade for it. Yep. We're going to develop our own pitching. And obviously the whole uh, staff. What, is, what does he know about pitching? <laughs> yeah, the whole staff is basically nothing but homegrown talent. Now they traded for the middle relievers, uh, O'Hara, the, the, the guy that was a Japanese kid from Baltimore, who has been awesome with the, or, with the Rangers. And then Mike Adams from the Padres. So, I mean, those, just like we, I always talk about, like, oh, just, you got to get the cherry on top, but you have to build the core of your team and you just get a couple of nice pieces. So, uh, coaches, they're all young, you know, homegrown kids. This kid, Derek Collins, you know, had arm issues. And like Nolan Ryan made it a point, well, then you need to like throw more. That's, they throw more often than any team in baseball. And they have the strongest pitching staff right now in, in baseball in terms of depth. And what they have in in their organization organization for long term, the Rangers are by far the, uh, loaded, the most loaded team in baseball mm-hmm. with pitching. So. Well, we were getting all excited about the uh, September stretch run. You know that uh, a lot of races look like they're real competitive, and suddenly, suddenly, some of those races that look so competitive possibly not going to be. Milwaukee's opened up a seven game lead on St. Louis, Arizona. Stretching it out to three and a half over San Francisco. That's still a race over there. We mentioned Texas, six up on the Angels. So uh, maybe, just maybe, Big Dog, unfortunately, September might not be as suspenseful as we thought. You know, it's really Still got the wild card, of course. The same thing happened last year. Yeah, you're right. Did you remember how last year was, while we were talking, wow, it it, it looks like there might not be great races, and all of a sudden they they were great races, and Mm -hmm. then right around September 1st, or late August, the same thing happened. It was, they all spread out, and then all of a sudden, September was crazy last year. So I, I'm not going to give up on uh, let, Let's face it, the, the Angels have two more games at home against the Rangers, right, today and tomorrow. Yep. They have a, I thought it was a four-game series, Coach, not a three-game. Could game. be. Could be. So if, you know, two games right there, you could, let, let's face it, that, those are massive games. Just say the Rangers won both of them, you're right. Eight-game lead at this point, I don't think the Angels, even with those three superstar pitchers that they have going for them right now, Heron, Santana, and Jared Weaver, I don't even think they can catch the Rangers at this point. Mm-hmm. So Real- these next two games are huge for those two teams.
Yeah, no question about it. Real quick over in the National League, too. Some great finishes yesterday and uh, interesting matchups. Arizona, the Diamondback. Boy, you talk about a good ball club flying under the radar, big dog. Arizona has been that personified. They beat Philadelphia yesterday 3-2. to two. Lyle Overbay, who I think is like 57 years old at this point mm-hmm. and playing for his 18th team. He got all the RBI. Roy Holiday, just to show you how great he is, in defeat. In defeat, he, threw, he goes nine innings, pitches a complete game. Yeah, he gave up the two runs in the ninth, and nothing was hit hard on him, Coach. Mm-hmm. He had 14 strikeouts yesterday. I mean, he was he was absolutely dominant. All the runs that he gave were just basically because, you know, they're major league hitters. They're decent at getting the bat on the ball and blue pits, leaders. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the only thing Roy Halladay gave up yesterday, and he, and he loses three to two. And the Diamondbacks, Coach, they they just scrapped and stayed in the game. They figured out. The Phillies should have put them away. They left. The Phillies left at least five important runs on the bases throughout mm-hmm. the game. That was the national game last night. Season I had a game of the week. Fourteen strikeouts and one walk. That's, yeah. what, that's what I call a box score for Ray Howell. Wasn't a no hitter, but they gave up eight hits, so he scattered a few hits. Did give up a couple of big runs in the ninth inning, but fourteen strikeouts and one walk. By the way, you know who's playing for Arizona. I, I know a bunch of in a, in a backup role. Your friend of mine, Hank White, also known as Henry Blanco, still hanging around Major League Baseball. I tell you, you know, uh, Kevin Towers came over from the San Diego Padres, <laughs> and that's why. That is why I, I I picked them to win the West at the beginning of the season, coach. And the first thing he did was say, you know what, this is a really good team that had the worst bullpen in the history of Major League Baseball mm-hmm. last year, and he basically. Cut everybody from the bullpen and brought a whole new bullpen in. And that was the only reason. I was like, that was going to be 10 games for them. They're upgrading their bullpen. And adding guys like Sean Burroughs, you remember him? Yep. So he's all of a sudden, uh, he's a, a diamond back. He's had all I remember Sean Burroughs' dad. That's how old Jeff I am. Jeff, who was like the, yeah, the number one draft choice coming out in first. He didn't reach his potential, but then he became a heck of a player. I'm really getting old, big dog, when the sons of players that I watched are now uh, – Becoming veterans, huh? Yeah, making comebacks. yeah, yeah. Not young players, but they're they're like the veterans. That's uh, I don't trying to think if I've seen a grandson play it. That's when you really know you're getting old. Okay, well, if yeah, I, see I haven't it. I haven't got that old. Okay, maybe Ken... my my greatest. Oh man, am I old? Was when Ryan Sandberg was elected to the Hall of Fame because I can honestly say I saw his whole entire career. Yep. I remember him his first game as a rookie with the Cubs in 1982. So I didn't see him in '81 when he played a couple games with the Phillies. But he's, you know, his career was with the Cubs. So mm-hmm. right then I was like, "Wow, I'm an old man, a player that I watched the whole career yeah, was in the yeah. Hall of Fame." Just wait, my friend. It's only the start. It's only just begun. You'll have more of those old man flashbacks. Believe me. As the, I hope. Uh, I hope I have a bunch of them. I hope I have them for the next forty years. Yeah, well, let so. us hope so. Uh, other games nationally, real quick, because I want to get to some football news, both of the NFL and the collegiate variety. More stuff off the sports page. Big dog and a coach at your service up until 11 o'clock. We do it every day, folks. Every day from 10 to 11. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Big dog, I believe you'll be off tomorrow, correct? Yes. Uh, well, I'm off right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, tomorrow I'll, I'll be working uh, okay. until probably like 1230 tonight. We're doing okay. a fireworks tour out on the out on the river. So uh, very, very give good. us a call, waterriders.com, and okay. see if you can reserve a, a spot for tonight's uh, paddle. And the great Babitsky will be uh, filling in for a young Sam Babitsky coming in. We'll 
play a little what would Babitsky do, different situations in life outside the sporting world. But we're with you every uh, 10 o'clock, every morning, Monday through Friday, five days a week, an hour a day, five in total. So tune in, tell a friend, uh, and better yet, give us a call at 888-463-6748. We're interactive, we're user-friendly. And remember one of our mottos, don't be nervous calling up, don't have to worry about what you say, because not that many people are listening. Thank you very much. Uh, the other game to talk about, a couple other ones, Big Dog. Atlanta knocks off the Giants 2-1, to one, Martin Prado. RBI single in the 11th inning for the Atlanta Braves. That's their 22nd, Joel, 22nd last inning, bringing home victory. That's the highest in the major leagues. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. That's 22nd walk-off win, but just 22nd win in the last Let's inning. Let's right? see. So- Tw- uh, 22nd win in their final at bat. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's the same as well. It wouldn't be a walk off because yeah, because you could do it on the road too. Just right. That, that's what I, that's all I was just trying to say. Right, but still, right. that's amazing. Yep, winning close oh. games that's the sign of a good team. I've heard it from a lot of experts. I haven't heard it from you that uh, you know everyone's talking about the Philadelphia Phillies. The team you still got to worry about come playoff time is your Atlanta Brave. No, I, I agree with that because uh, the only issue is now there are two number one pitchers. Well, I know Tim Hudson is a legit number two starter on a very good playoff team, Coach. Uh, for some reason, people always forget that the Braves have Tim Hudson, who is, what, like 13 and 8 right now this year. Okay, and Did, he, race, did he pitch for the White Sox? Was he on the White Sox for a while? No, Tim Hudson was not on the White okay. Sox. He, you know, he was just on the A's and the Braves. I think that's it. Okay. Trying to think of, a, think of a pitcher, and it wasn't Tim Hudson, but he was a legit Number two for the White – actually, all he was was number two for the White Sox, but it wasn't Tim Hudson. Continue on. Okay. Well, and uh, and don't forget, they have the best catcher in the game of baseball in Brian McRae. Yep. And right now, Freddie Freeman, their rookie free, free first baseman, is hitting the ball as well as any first baseman in uh, in the National League besides mm-hmm. the first fielder. And big hits. Yeah. Freddie oh. Freeman consistently is – he's not just building up his average in useless game. He – he gets game-winning clutch hits on a consistent basis. And coach, do you, do you realize that there's there's a guy that the Braves had a, a 26-year-old rookie who finally got a chance to crack into the lineup because of injuries and is playing center field. And now Jason Hayward has found himself on the bench, and his name is Hey Jesus Constanza, just like as in George Constanza. Mm-hmm. Jesus Constanza is playing center <laughs> field for the Atlanta Braves right now. There's no joke, coach. 54 at bat. And his batting average was around 450. Trust me, because I was about to pick him up in my fantasy baseball league. I was looking at these numbers. The kid has like nine stolen bases in 54 at bat. So every six times he goes to the plate, he steals the base. And his name is uh, Jesus, Jesus. Don't call Costanza. me Jesus Costanza. Yes. Interesting. Did you hear about <laughs> Jesus checking into the hotel, by the way? Which hotel, coach? He put three nails on the uh, on the desk and asked the uh, hotel clerk if he could put him up for the night. Thank you very much. Uh, David Olson does not like that one. Sorry about that. All right. <laughs> Can we move on from Jesus Costanza, please, in the Atlanta Brave? How about the Milwaukee Brewers' hottest team in baseball, Big Doug? What better way to get over a bad joke than talk Milwaukee Brewer baseball? 18 of their last 20. Game-winning hit yesterday. Mark Kotze. Bases loaded. Braves over the Do- or, uh, Brewers over the Dodgers. 18 of their last 20. It's ridiculous down in Milwaukee. Yeah, Yabate uh, Gallardo, who is supposed to be this number one stud over the last two months, has really pitched like one, and, and he was dominant again yesterday. Coach only allowed a run over eight innings, kept him in the ball game, and uh, uh, they figured out a way to get another win. The, mm-hmm. Their shortstop for the Braves, Unesky Betancourt, 
yep. right now is having a career year, Coach, and he is playing ridiculously defensively. They turned – the Brewers, don't forget, the, the day that they turned the triple play two days ago, yep. they had four other double plays that game, and UNESCO Betancourt was the pivot man in each one of them. Uh, Coach, he, the, the most underrated defensive uh, uh, shortstop in the National League. So he, mm-hmm. hopes, he might win the gold glove this year. So okay. that, yeah, that's why the Brewers are playing so well. Is that guy's yeah. just fielding everything? Yeah, and the middle of the order is not bad either, with Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder and the suddenly red hot Casey McGahey. By the way, Doctor Hack in the Bush uh, emailed in again and said, "Guys, you never even talked about real quick the the White Sox hit five triples. That might be a team record. Five triples in one game." Again, an email coming in from our good friend Doctor Hack in the Bush. Yeah, I was I'm, I was waiting to find out if it was and. And you, you gotta figure, Old Comiskey Park was a great triples ballpark. One of the greatest triples ballparks in, in the history of the game. So, and especially with Louis Aparicio and the, and the Luke Applings, all those line drive gap hitters that, that, that the White Sox used to have back in the day. I would bet you that it is not a record. Okay. Just throw it out there, coach. Okay. I, I don't think it would be. All right. But still five triples in a game, even though the game went 14 innings. Uh, fairly impressive. By the way, just uh, oh, is yes, a, Rito, though, that's a great, that's a great, it would be a record for, uh, yes. the Cubs, but not, I don't think for the White Sox. Yeah. Just as a side note, do you know where the, uh, email name, the reference Dr. Hack in the Bush comes from? Are you um, familiar with that? I just wanted to, I just, the, all, everything that's coming to mind, you would get upset if I said it. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, by the way, for not saying it. Uh, Dr. Hack in the Bush, correct me if I'm wrong, David Olson, movie expert, that was Groucho Marx's name in uh, the particular Marx Brothers movie where they played doctors. Still one of the funniest scenes I ever saw is when uh, the guy's in the dentist chair and the three of them are doing their routine, and I remember a couple of dental assistants come in. But I think that was his name, right, Dr. Hack in the Bush? Uh, Coach, I uh, have... Wasn't it Quack in the Bush? Maybe Quack in the Bush. Possibly. That sounds, that sounds funnier, actually, too. <laughs> that was duck soup, wasn't it? You know, I get him confused. I get him confused. But anyhow, that's where the uh, email. Now they used to call doctors quacks, right? Yeah. Okay. Doctor there you go. Quack in the bush. Okay, it makes sense. Makes sense. At any rate, uh, one last baseball game to talk about, Big Dog, and then we'll turn your mind to a sport I know you are very much anticipating. Uh, the fine sport of football, but real quick, the Pittsburgh Pirates knocked off St. Louis. Five to four, the Pirates making a little bit of a comeback too little too late. But And the St. Louis Cardinals fading, not rapidly, but fading slowly into the uh, sunset. Big deal. Can they come back and challenge the brew? I'm going to have to say yes, they can. I mean, it's seven games. They play uh, They play them a lot, and I think there's two series, six games left in Bush Stadium mm-hmm. between the two. So they can definitely come back. Yeah. Seven, seven games isn't that crazy, yeah. but they better get to work now, though. And I was going to say, to back to back up your opinion, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers are red hot now, but take away their last 20 games, in all season long, they've had these great streaks. You think they're really – and then they really dip. Good streak, and then they dip. So there could be another dip coming for well, the Brewers. The way the Brewers – they cannot continue to play 75, but they're winning at a 750 clip right now, Coach. I don't well, really I, see that continuing. No, continue. uh, that part is obvious. The point I'm trying to make is their personality this year, up until the last 20 games, w- when they broke out of their good streaks, they didn't play 500 ball. They played 250 ball. They had some bad streaks during the year when they looked like uh, a bad baseball team. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I guess it can definitely happen again. And if it happens against the Cardinals, then they're right back. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cardinals are right back into the race. Mm-hmm. 
The Cardinals have had all types of injuries this year. Yep. And they, they were able to handle them. Now all of a sudden they, they're getting everybody back and getting everybody healthy. And all of a sudden they're not, mm-hmm. they're not playing well, yep. which is kind of strange. They have not played well since they traded Colby Rasmus either. Interesting. By the way, that Interesting. was an extremely good defensive center fielder out yep. there for him. Yep. But wouldn't listen to them, I guess, on, on their approach to hitting. So. Well, he just annoyed Tony Larusa for an extended period of time, and that was the end of Colby Rasmus. But I agree with your analysis. I would not count the uh, St. Louis Cardinals out yet. They've been there. They've done that. They've been in this situation, and they know how to fight their way back. All right, real quick, dog. Let's switch over to a little football action here. First of all, on the collegiate football front, I know you're excited about the races. You're taking your notes down, getting ready to make your picks. The college football preview shows not that far away, but I do got to throw out one negative out there. Little scandal with the, I guess they, what do they call Miami? The U. Yeah. But, but there is a booster who currently is in jail. Who apparently, I don't know if it's via manuscript, verbal, whatever, he's calling out and basically mentioning the names of a lot of players who he says gave, you know, money to, gave a lot of other things to that uh, are not exactly legal. One of those guys, by the way, unfortunately, Chicago Bear Devin Hester. Now, the the name of the guy is Kevin Shapiro. He okay. was a booster yep. at the University of Miami. And uh, he is in jail now yep. uh, in federal prison for running a Ponzi scheme. And uh, basically scammed over $960 million out of people. And uh, he basically gave away a lot of money to University of Miami athletes. And uh, the reason why all this information has come out is a guy by the name of Charles Robinson, mm-hmm. okay, for Yahoo, did the investigation. And he did the investigation <laughs> before Shapiro was in prison. So it isn't like this guy was just in prison, like, uh, saying what happened. Uh, Shapiro was out with him, had pictures, had proof, showed him bank statements, everything. Showed him everything before he was in prison. So, so, so who's releasing is, the info? Is it Shapiro or is it the lawyer? Robinson, the Yahoo Sports. Interesting. Is okay. Doing the story. Okay. And now this guy's doing all types of interviews from prison today. Interesting. <laughs> now it, it's extremely believable, Coach. I mean, like it's funny that the defense attorney is like, "You can't trust this guy. He's a convicted felon." Well, he's telling you the other crimes he committed. It's not like he's trying to say anybody else did anything. He's like, "I also committed this crime." I mean, this, he's paid for abortions, gave cars away. Uh, he has, um, he was part of, uh, a marketing firm that was an agent representation, sports agent representation, uh, company. And he was giving money to Miami athletes and all these Miami athletes signed with this company coach, including Vince Wilfork, all pro Vince Wilfork of, mm-hmm. uh, the New England Patriots. You know, so, uh, <laughs> You know, so Devin Hester isn't the only one, okay? The Kevin Winslow, Winslow Jr.'s, oh, what a surprise. And the stuff, that, that guy needs to go away is all I got to say. That's one good, I just see him and I just see like, oh. So somebody that, I, like Phil, for some reason, I feel so bad because Kevin Winslow Sr. is such a mm-hmm. good guy. And uh, just the apple did fall pretty far from that tree. Not but the rest it. of this stuff, I don't blame these athletes. I really don't. You know, you get a poor kid, all of a sudden somebody's like, here's $50,000. They're going to take it, Coach, because, Miami wasn't the only school that was committing all these uh, horrible acts. And think about this. Jim Trussell lost his job because Terrell Pryor, some idiot, Terrell Pryor, gives a tattoo at his parlor shop, okay? Jim Trussell loses his job. Now you can say he tried to cover it up or whatever. 
I'm not all into that. I, I don't even know what happened there, but isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, well, and by the way, on. did not get any cash. He basically traded the tattoo for, uh, what, tickets to the game, something like that? No, no, for uh, uh, game-worn stuff. Yeah, so there was no, not even cash exchange. Now, let me go back to your statement. You don't blame the player for accepting $50,000. Now, you know, if a booster takes me out for dinner, and, oh, and you know, hopefully... Way, a lot. What you just said, taken out for dinner. Yeah, well, that was okay. And hopefully these players, hopefully they are taught and they are trained by the head coaches, by the athletic staff. Here are the rules. Here's what you got to follow. If they're not, if a school's not doing any of that big dog to me at this point, they should be shut down. I mean, every school should be telling the players and coaching them about things that can happen off the field, problems you can get into. Here's what you got to stay away from. Okay, now, hundred, couple hundred bucks, kid hurting for money. You know, that I could almost see. Now, think about what you just said, though. $50,000 to me, the kid <laughs> at that point has to know the difference between right and wrong, crime. I mean, that's a legitimate criminal offense. 50000 There, I almost have to hold the kid responsible. As opposed to a hundred, couple hundred bucks, eh, no harm, no fall. Okay, I mean, that's fine. I can see where you're going. Uh, I have just like a different opinion of it. I'm just like, oh, what, they finally got caught? I mean, really, I mean, I'm not shocked. I'm not upset. I'm just kind of laughing about it now. So, mm-hmm. you know, Miami might lose a football program. The SEC might have, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know what's going to happen to the ACC since Miami's going to lose a football program. They're also going to lose Florida State, and now uh, Texas A&M will somehow figure out a way to get out of the Big 12, and now you'll have 14 teams in the yeah. SEC. Yep, you're, well, the SEC is definitely turning into the Super Conference. It might be 16 when we do our preview show, God forbid, we're actually still on the uh, the air oh, here for 2014 show. They're 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 building into the super conference. But let's let's stick yeah, to the top. To add Clemson and Missouri. Yeah, Clemson, Texas. Missouri, Texas A&M, and Florida State right. added to that conference already. Yeah. They just turned down Texas A&M temporarily, but that's pretty much only because they had to get another team. But uh, we could talk about that. Let's let's stick to the topic at hand though, because I think it's an interesting one. Let me go at you from this angle, Big Doe. You are clearly implying. Not even hiding the fact that the player, this happens everywhere. And the yeah, players yeah. are accepting money. They go out for dinner with boosters all the time and get the old green handshake. And this day and age, with all the media out there, with Twitter, with Facebook, with all the information out there and people talking, do the boosters and do the players really think that they're going to get away with it? Don't they have to realize in their conscious times that you're going to get caught? Yeah, not not everybody's going to get caught. But you don't tell me that right now at LSU, there isn't some guy that owns an oil uh, industry center in some swamp of Louisiana that went to LSU, (laughs) didn't help out any LSU players, or that Alabama, as hard as Nick Saban is recruiting and trying to, uh, to, to clean up how bad Alabama's reputation was, don't tell me it still doesn't happen. And, Coach, when these players know oh, i got to shut up and take this cash and not check payment, cash payment, and just shut up about it, then that's what I'm going to do. You know okay. what I'm saying? Nobody so, would have known Reggie Bush got $200,000 from those from the, those two idiots that gave him $200,000 cash if Reggie Bush decided to sign with those people. It would, no one would have ever – those mm-hmm. guys wouldn't have turned Reggie Bush in. You see what I'm saying, Coach? So, so you're right. People are going to get caught, but some people just think, oh, it's – no one knows about it. This guy just handed me $50,000 cash. If mm-hmm. I do this right, and trust me, I'm a gangster. I know how to handle my cash. 
These guys have a different mindset, Coach. It's okay. going to continue to happen as people continue to hand them it's money. I find it hard to believe, not the latter part of what you said. I find it hard to believe that these guys think, again, in this day and age, maybe 20 years ago when it wasn't out so much, maybe 15 years ago, but now when there are so many ways you can get caught via all the different media situations and people talking, and it's just out there a lot more, people are a lot more conscious of it, that they actually think, and you're telling me the answer is affirmative, that, you know what, I'm not going to get, I'm going to take a chance. Because if I do get caught, it's going to affect my collegiate career, my national football career, maybe money down the road. But they must think it's worth the risk. I'm probably not going to get caught, which I find yeah, hard, I find hard to believe. Well, and I don't, I don't think you should because I would have to say that out of the 120 Division One teams, I would have to say that at least 40 of them, you have a booster doing things that are breaking rules. And I got to be quite honest with you, coach. I honestly think it's more, honestly, in my heart, I think it's more like 90. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say 40 because I'm certain of that. That even at the University of Illinois, it'll happen. And I'm a diehard Illinois fan. I, I know it happens there. I mean, I'm, I'm positive it happens do there. The, do and, oh, we're Indiana. We wouldn't do anything wrong. Are you kidding me, Johnny? Are you telling me there's not one Indiana booster? that would do anything possible to make sure that the, the number one player in Indiana goes to the, the Hoosiers and plays basketball there? Mm-hmm. It happens, Coach. Do so, you think the, do the coaches know? You, well, uh, sadly, at Miami, according to Kevin Shapiro, yes. And they didn't. They they turn a blind eye as quick as they possibly could at every single instance. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're indifferent about it because if they, if they care at all, then they're going to have to – find out, and then if they do any investigation, they're going to find out that, oh, my God, cheating is rampant at their school. So they have to be indifferent, mm-hmm. and they have to delve into football and act like they're completely busy on football okay. the whole entire year and recruiting yeah. and doing other stuff so they can say, well, I didn't know all this was going on. I can't be with the kids 24 hours a day. Okay. And we all say, yeah, he's right, 85 guys and 24 hours a day. You know, they're 18-year-old kids, the 22, you just don't. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We totally understand. You know, that's 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 our new world today. Because oh, if somebody has an excuse, when they should be getting held up to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Okay, like Pete Carroll. I mean, I think one day he's just going to come out and admit, yeah, I, I, there was all types of cheating going on, and I got sick of it, so I just left USC. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean, eventually he's going to have to say it, Coach. Mm-hmm. When he left USC, and he wasn't very happy about it. You know, it was kind of like, uh, I'm done with you, and it was weird. If, you know. Maybe he, he he knew they were going to get caught, knew the bottom was going to fall out, and uh, even if it wasn't his fault, he could see it coming and uh-huh. better get out while the getting is good. And, and I also think, yeah, and I think it disgusted him a little bit. I don't think he cheated at all, but there's there there are obviously other people at USC. There's a lot of money. It a lot of people that made a lot of films that made fortunes. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised if it's like Hollywood producers, coach. Mm-hmm. Buying players, hey, let's go hang out with the starlets and stuff. How, if you play football at USC, you're hanging out on Rodeo Drive. You're partying on Sunset Boulevard. You're a celebrity, okay? Do you and do that? Guys that, that came from, like, the film schools, they can make it happen for these people. It's so that's, it's That's how they treat these USC players, Coach, just so there's a USC allure. And trust me, don't tell me that they don't also get paid under the table. Okay, I won't tell you. Okay, is good. the is the hanging out at Rodeo Drive and all those descriptions is that before or after they uh, hit the books, take their tests, and get their academia done? It's, it's USC, coach. Okay. So neat. seriously, none of the above, huh? I would have to say USC may be one of the worst in terms of mm-hmm. 
holding their football players accountable, Coach. Okay. So of all the schools in the country, and definitely on the West Coast. Now, Oregon is very close and may have surpassed USC for uh, turning a <laughs> blind eye to bad stuff. But, oh, what a surprise. Oregon is now the powerhouse out on the, out on the West Coast right now. Uh-huh. Now, Stanford coaches, they still do it right. Stanford does it right. That's why Stanford has a quarterback that says, you know, I'm going to have a great offensive line coming back. I love playing here, and I, I want to start my graduate degree, so mm-hmm. I want to remain in school. You know, that's, they, that's why they get guys like that. They're keeping score at home, by the way. Stanford, a top 10 collegiate football team. And Joe Rodwanski telling you there's no shenanigans going on at a Stanford. The kids actually study. There's no boosters giving extra money. They do it the right way, and you can still be a top 10 team. No, no, Coach, I'm not going to talk about the boosters. I will not I will not speak for any booster at any program in the United States. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this, that the Stanford Athletic Department holds their football players to a certain standard, and they must go to class and do all mm-hmm. that other stuff. When it comes to uh, boosters, that who knows? Tiger Woods went to Stanford. He had all kinds of money. Maybe he wants to make sure they uh, they have a good football team and wants inside information so he can bet on them. Mm-hmm. All right, talking about uh, the scandal with the most recent scandal, of course, of many, many, and I'm sure more to come too with college football. That you, Miami University, in a little bit of trouble, courtesy of uh, Yahoo.com and. Young man who's in prison, Kevin Shapiro. And Big Dog, uh, you hate when it gets in the way of the games because we love college football for the enthusiasm, the pageantry, the athleticism, the excitement. This is the best time of the year when you, you know, every team is looking good right now. Hopes are high. You get all excited, but occasionally stories do come up like this. We don't try to emphasize them too much, but unfortunately, they are part of the sporting landscape, even at the collegiate level. Yeah, no, it, it, well, collegiate level. If you really did some investigating into a coach, it would it would be earth-shattering, the result. I, I mean, mm-hmm. you would really find out that there would be a lot of student-athletes driving cars that they shouldn't be, having bank accounts that they shouldn't have, all kinds of stuff like that. So I'm, the closest I, I'm, really, I, I'm, I'm a fan who's indifferent. I don't care. I'm a fan who's totally indifferent. Coach. The closest, Just football on Saturday. I think the closest I came to that, Big Dog, was uh, when we were playing an intramural semifinal game. And I think one of the guys on our dormitory team offered me 20 bucks not to show up to the game. Was he on your team, Coach? Yes, unfortunately he was. So I did, did, not, I did not accept the 20. My collegiate career was clean. That's about as close as I came to that uh, particular situation. David Olson, yes, sir. Just want to point out, Uh-oh. you make it against the rules to, play, uh, to pay players, you're enabling mm-hmm. even worse behavior. Bottom line, and that's why mm-hmm. these candles run so rampant. So you are yep. advocating paying the players? I am not advocating paying them as if they were professionals, but you've got to loosen the rules. Yes, a stipend, maybe. Exa- exactly. Yep. You've got to loosen the rules. Yep. A lot involved with that, Big Dog, but I, as an over, we only got a couple of minutes, so we can't get into the all the intricacies of that. But I, I tend to agree with David. They, they do need to get some kind of stipend, and maybe that will – it won't eliminate, but maybe significantly uh, – Limit some of the stuff that we see going. On. Maybe, maybe it would have a, an effect on some of the booster stuff. You know what I mean? Hopefully, hopefully it would have a major effect on on how the the boosters would actually treat these kids. I don't know if they got a stipend, they would still continue to get money from boosters. But no matter what, no matter what the NCAA does mm-hmm. in terms of paying players or not, agents trying to get players to sign with them and giving them cash and doing all that other stuff. The only way you can eliminate that is if the NFL stepped in right now and was like, oh, okay, you were, you're an agent trying to sign, working for the NFL. So they should, the NFL has to figure out some type of 
way to restrict agents that if they mess with college players, they can no longer represent NFL players. So basically, you in order to get players to play in the NFL, you know what I mean? You have to keep it a whole NFL thing that you cannot mess with amateur athletes whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe that way. That, so if the NFL starts punishing agents, all of a sudden the agents will quit throwing boatloads of money at these kids' feet when uh, when they're in school. But the booster problem, that's, that's, that's a bold one. I don't know how you handle that one. And these kids should get a stipend for the simple fact that there's millions of dollars being made. They, they should be able mm-hmm. to get maybe a thousand bucks throughout a semester so could they can go out to eat. Could we offer the kids a stipend if they uh, turn in any booster that offers them money? Well, yeah, why not? Why little, not? Little reverse the curse. Uh-huh. All right. Big deal. We got to wrap it up, but we didn't get into some NFL news that I wanted to get into. I know you will be off tomorrow. We will talk to you on Friday. And again, if people want to uh, contact you or even deal directly with you tomorrow, they can do it at waterriders.com, correct? Uh, yeah, waterriders1r. Mm-hmm. Or just come on down to 950 North Kingsbury on the river. Check it out. Because if you want to come out today, anybody wants to come out today, I have a tour of only four people. It's a special tour. So uh, you get a ridiculously low rate, and if I really know you, it'll be even lower than you might even think. So mm-hmm. come on down to Water Riders today. Dr. Hack in the Bush's final email uh, wants to know if you'll be wearing a shirt during the Water Riders tour. Uh, yes. Okay. So fans. <laughs> All right, Big Dell. We'll talk to you Friday. Later. Thanks for listening, everybody. Two guys at a mic, TalkZone.com. The great Babinski makes an appearance tomorrow. Have a great day. 10 o'clock, we do it again. Don't be late.